0: Welcome to the Field Cross Survival Podcast. I am your host, George, and we are sponsored. Sponsor, And I have with me to help me is Vince. Vince Rockwell. Hello. Vince, uh, how are you today? Fantastic. How are you, GB? I'm good. You know, I'm just here doing my thing. I had a great podcast with uh, Miss Waylon Lucas. Oh, yeah. She's high energy. I like yeah, her. Yeah, good, good stuff. Good, good story. Good background. Um, we had a... Uh, we had a good time. Good. Good conversation. So, but let's get into it. Uh, our first sponsor is Triarch Systems. Triarch Systems is a great company. It's veteran owned. They make the best high quality rifles, I want to say, in, in 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 the business right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm going out there. I'm saying it. Ballsy. Triarch Systems has some of the best rifles out there. I have one of the best rifles from them. It's a 14.5 um inch. That's what she said. Uh, carbine. Uh, and uh, you know, I've never had it jam up on me. It's It's been flawless. I mean, you ever, you ever held one of those like a uh, carbine where it's like you hear it like rattling and like things are loose. So I don't and, know if we can talk about other you know, brands or no, not. No, 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 no other brands. I have but one. It's yeah, the, definitely not as tight as a should thing. Mine doesn't do that. It's like, it's solid, man. Like these are the ones I've been telling. Every time I talk about truck, it's like, it's the gun that you pass down to like your Ooh, hand me you down your, stuff. Yeah, okay. it's, it's it's gonna last. They also have um, they also have uh, modified Glocks. They have a Tri Eleven, which is a you just gotta look it up. Just just Google Tri Eleven and just tell me what you think about it. It's a very very beautiful handgun, and it just runs and runs and runs from, from what I've seen. I haven't gotten to shoot one yet, but one day there you go. One day dreams goals dreams. Yeah, you know, I'm a dreamer. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, check them out at TriarchSystems.com. Use code FIELDCRAFT and save 5% on your purchase or build or whatever you want to do. You can go on there. i tell you what. You go on there and you can make your uh, your carbine, your Glock, your Tri-11. You can add parts to it. You can customize it. Barrels, grips, uh, four, you know, four grips, trigger assemblies, all that stuff. You can customize it the way you want. But yeah, check them out at TriarchSystems.com. Next up, we have Hardhead Veterans. You can find them at hardheadveterans.com. They are an NIJ 3A rated with an additional up armor option that safely stops 556 and 762 by 30. They have a 10-year warranty on all their helmets. They have free exchanges in return, so if you get it and it doesn't fit right or you see something wrong with it, you can return it and exchange it and then they also have a multi-layer pad system um, so the pads are really uh really soft and you put this helmet on it's like you could wear this helmet all day it's not like the mitch helmets that we had the kevlar helmets that we had mm-hmm. it's an actual helmet that makes sense you know what i mean like uh it's comfortable it's something like man i wish i had that when i was in but you know if you show up to like that with this helmet on you know you're going to get yelled at yeah. you're gonna be like you're not you're not cool you're not you know it's like but it works. It's like a great helmet. It's comfortable. You know, what I, I can't mean? wear a majority of helmets.
1: I, yeah. I had one of the like you had five a custom made. ACH extra largest that the <laughs> army probably made. Yeah, and like absolutely terrible. Can't yeah. fit into most other yeah. helmets because you know big head problems.
0: Yeah, I mean that's big head. I mean that's that brain you got. You got that good brain. <laughs> <Yeah. you> know? <laughs> positive spin. I like it. So, but yeah, check them out. You get, um, you know, it's veteran owned. So you know. I would look at a veteran has worn a helmet more than once. Just a couple times. Just a couple times. So you think that, you know, this company right here, you know, they probably have designed a helmet that they've worked out all the kinks and made it to where it's comfortable to wear and not something that we wore back in the day. So check them out at hardheadveterans.com. Use code FeelCraft and save fifteen dollars off your purchase. So yeah, check them out. Hardhead veterans. Next up we have Uncana. You can find Uncana at Uncana.com. Uncanna is a CBD company, also veteran owned. Uh, really, really high grade CBD. Very, uh, let's say, if you are in the market for CBD, if you if this is your first time, you know, kind of experimenting, if you don't want to do all the medicines and pills and things like that, uh, go check out Uncanna.com. They have everything from the tincture to the salves. Salves. They uh, have uh, gummies. They have the creams, so yeah, check them out. If 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 you want to have an alternative, you want to go all natural for your um, for your pain management, check out Uncana. And I don't know about you, Vince, but I have used their um, their products, and I, I'm it. They work like almost religiously.
1: Yeah, it's it's the morning routine. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I, my wife uses it for her back problems. I use it for my back problems. I put it on my neck. Um, and it, the salve, I, I love the salve. That, that's one of my favorite products they have because it has that, like, excuse me, that menthol feel to it. So when okay. you put it on, you rub it in, it has that nice little heat's up, and then it just it, it just relieves you. You know what I mean? Nice. It, it's for inflammation. You're not going to get, like... You're not going to have the same effects as if you, like, would use full, like, you know, THC or, like, you know, you go to a dispensary and get gummies. It's not the same effects. Right. It's not, it's not that. It's, 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 uh, it's legal to use, except for if you're in the, uh, the Army, which, or the, the military as a whole, which I don't understand. That's still uh, weird. But, uh, yeah, check them out at uncanna.com. All natural. Put the pills down. Try some, uh, try some uh, CBD. You can use code FIELDCRAFT to save 10% off every order you do. So, Vince, um, what's wh- what have you been working on here? Fieldcraft Journal. Fieldcraft Journal. Yeah, man. Oh, boy. Going a
1: little analog these days. Yeah. I think it's cool. I think it's a great thing just to add to the... It's super fun. Like, yeah. working on it without having had any experience making a magazine, period. Yes, exactly. Is... <laughs> It's an odd spot to be in, but it's super fun because awesome. I'm learning a new skill set. Like and it's graphic design mixed with like exactly. publication stuff.
0: And then you got people who aren't writers, and you're kind of forcing them to write and, and getting out of their comfort zone. So yeah. for me, for like an example. Like you specifically. Yeah, so uh, you know, um, when you guys when you see this journal when it comes out, um, just know that uh, I, I worked extra hard on my articles. And my mommy's proud of me. So He did a good job. <laughs> The ones you wrote yeah. were, like,
1: solid. Thanks. Like that. Uh, I, was, I was
0: so, like, the, nervous about it. The hunting story
1: it. was is
0: probably the one I that hope people resonates like that the best. Yeah, yeah. So, but, yeah, just check that out soon. Um, Vince has been working his ass off on this thing, and it's coming together really, 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 really good. Um, the layout is awesome. The Just the look of it, the feel of it is going to be a great thing, and I hope people enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, so let's um, just get into this podcast once again we had Miss Wayne Lucas on. She is a pastry chef. She is a chef. Uh, she has a book out. It's called sunny side up more than 100 breakfast and brunch recipes from the essential egg to the perfect pastry. So it's a cookbook. I have it. Uh, she, you know, she autographed it to field, the field craft team, but Hey, sorry, Phil craft team. I had that at my house now it ended and, up in and, the bell's kitchen and I'm using it. So ha ha ha. But yeah, uh, <laughs> I hope you enjoyed the podcast. Uh, she shares everything about her life, how she come up how she came up from in Costa Rica to uh, being a, uh, an awesome chef at a uh, you know in, in uh, Los Angeles, California. So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, here we go. Check it out. Thank you. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Phil Revo podcast. I am your host George. and with me today we have a special guest in the studio. We have Wayland Lucas. How are you today?
2: I'm wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh,
0: yeah. This is great. I mean, it was kind of a surprise when you came into the shop (laughs) and, uh, you know, you came with all those treats. And I was like, wow. And then uh, Siobhan was like, this is my friend Waylon Lucas. She does this. this." And I was like, I want to do a podcast.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man, I'm happy and honored to be here. And yes, totally random blue oh, yeah. like, out of out of the blue but um I love I love those connections and uh, yeah it's good stuff. Yeah,
0: especially when you can just meet someone like cool interesting and get their story out like I look at it as we're kind of like historians, you know, want to get people's stories and 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 get that on like an archive like yep. you know and it's just I think it's great that we have this podcast and we can share people's stories. So but uh, let's get into it. So Wayne Lucas, you are a chef. Yep. Um you what what is your I guess what is your main like focus on as a chef? Like, What would you say like your favorite thing to, to make?
2: I'm primarily, and I'm mostly known for a pastry chef. Mm-hmm. That has been the bulk of my career, I should say. I started out both savory and sweet, then I really dedicated my career to just the sweet side of it, mm-hmm. and um, the pastry side and aspect, and through that was, really blessed and so fortunate to have been, you know, judging and been a part of Food Network and doing a lot of, you know, food Competition shows mm. and, and on Food Network and be on TV for the last gosh eight years, nice. which is something that I never thought would happen. And set out in my culinary career, and I just a uh, couple years ago now, yeah, a couple of years ago now, year shit, I don't even know. Um, my cookbook, which is mostly surprisingly um, savory, it's a little bit of savory. It's mm-hmm. it's a breakfast um, brunch cookbook, so it's everything from you know perfect pastry yeah. eggs, you know huevos rancheros. There's cocktails in there. So that's sort of just a culmination Mm -hmm. of, you know, a lot of savory cooking, you know, and sweets and pastries. I love doing it all, Mm -hmm. man.
0: So before we get into that, Mm kind of let's go back, like kind of share your story, like where you grew up and like how you kind of, what made you pursue uh, culinary arts and all that stuff like that?
2: Oh man, that's a, we'd be here here talking for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Let's see, I grew up in Colorado, well, um, moved to Colorado when I was eight, I should say. My uh, parents, when I was born, lived out in California on a ranch and bred um, Mm -hmm. racehorses. Um, Didn't spend a whole lot of time there and uh, ended up in LA for a little bit. And then when I was eight, my mom wanted us to grow up in the country and have horses back in Mm -hmm. our lives, so grew up in Colorado and um had a fun awesome amazing life there I was never the kid that like knew what I wanted to do I was just like I wanted to do so many things so after high school I was just like fuck it I'm just gonna start like checking them off the list and um and so I did I mean I wanted to be like a large animal vet so started like you know taking all the science Mm -hmm. prereq like vet school stuff and I was like yeah, I'm not disciplined. I'm not in this right. for the long haul. Like I, it's harder to become a vet than it is like a medical, yeah. like go to medical school.
0: I thought like uh, when I graduated high school, I, I worked at a pharmacy mm-hmm. and I was like, I started out as a driver and then I started out like I would help the pharmacist count the pills and make compounds mm-hmm. and all the stuff and you know, work in the store. And in my mind, I'm like, I can do this. Right. I could be a pharmacist. I can help these people. It's so, it's easy. Look at it, look, look we're doing this filling prescriptions. It's yeah. easy. Just know a little bit about science and uh i went to a higher northern university up in uh ada ohio It was like mm-hmm. one of the top ranked pharmacies colleges mm-hmm. i got in like some old man got me in he was like on the board of uh you know he gave money to the school and all that right. stuff so he got me in and i was like okay i can do this and it was <laughs> not the case like i wish i could say well i, I party too much and i just I, I had a good time it was like uh, it was work and i couldn't i got I didn't make it. Yeah, so. no.
2: It, it's it's funny once you like really get into something because same thing I had growing up in Colorado, our vet, our large animal vet, was a good buddy of ours, mm-hmm. and an amazing great guy, like ex Navy SEAL, whatever, and he just took me under his wing, and so I got to go in and like get in there and perform like surgeries on horses and dogs and all kinds of stuff, and like I loved it, man. Mm-hmm. I'm like this is like easy, like I got this, you know what I mean? Like I'm not grossed out, I can totally get in there and like it was all about it and then sort of getting into the science like aspect of it and I was like, y'all wait, hold a minute, wait up a minute, I have to do how many years of this? Like school? I was like, no, I'm out. Yeah, and it was funny
0: <laughs> thing is like I had all A's and B's in my pharmacy classes.
2: Oh yeah, I killed, I loved it, it. straight it, I, A's. I had a great time, yep.
0: but it was like, you <coughs> know, you, you had calculus, anatomy, biology, Oof, physics. Too much. I couldn't keep up. Like it was yeah, too much. No, so. Too much.
2: <coughs> Excuse me. So, yeah. So uh, tried that. Didn't work out. Just went through. I mean, so I, the most random things I wanted to do. Wanted to be an FBI agent. Almost joined the Army. Wanted to be a writer. Went to school for writing and started that and journalism. And, I mean, just, like, yeah. went on and on. And then I finally was just, like, I just gave up. And I, like, got a job and ended up working in the fashion industry, of all wow. things, for... Gosh, for years, and um, that was the worst industry like ever. No offense to anybody who's yeah, in yeah. it. You know, it's a beautiful. It just wasn't wasn't for me.
0: No, yeah, The yeah.
2: mindset, the people, what they value and put as important. I'm like, no, this this doesn't jive with me.
0: I have a guilty pleasure. I watch uh, with my wife. I watch 90 or not 90. France, I watch that too. But <laughs> uh, it's the housewives
1: oh. of like
0: New Jersey, New York. Those mm-hmm. are my favorite ones because they're they're grimy on there. They mm-hmm. just don't care. But they have like they show like during Fashion Week they go in. I'm just like I am. That would stress me out. It's too much going on, and the people seem like rude and
1: oh the
2: the rudest people ever on the planet. I mean, people used to call me up and like make me cry and like yell at me and freak out and it's an emergency. Where's my pair of pants? And I'm like, what? An emergency is like your house is on fire or like, you know what I mean? Let me (laughs) send an emergency. Where's your pair of pants for your customer? I'm like, please. (laughs) like, so I kind of like went AWOL after that actually. Mm -hmm. And I ended up moving to Costa Rica. Um, didn't know a soul down there. Didn't really speak Spanish, but went on a surf trip vacation and fell in love with it and said, screw it. And that is where my culinary career really began. Awesome. I um I don't really know how or why I thought I'd open up a little coffee shop and internet cafe because that was sort of the thing down there in those days. And um it sort of just turned into this like bakery then full blown restaurant, and it was just such a part of the community. And how did you was...
0: navigate that? Like when you went down there, and you're like, okay, I'm going down there to surf. <laughs> And all of a sudden, you like (laughs) you opened up a like a a restaurant, you know. Slash this, slash like. What was that process, or or, yeah? What was that like?
2: So went there on a surf trip with a couple girlfriends. Their one of their parents had like a timeshare down there, and I was really the only one that surfed. And so went down there and fell in love with it. And I changed my plane ticket, and they left. I bid them farewell and said I'm going to stay and hang out a couple weeks because you know just hang Mm -hmm. out and surf, and you know made friends with you know few of the people in town and went home, sold all my shit, put the rest in storage and told everybody I was moving to Costa Rica and everyone thought I was joking or crazy or thought that I'd maybe last a month, two Mm -hmm. months, three months and went down there, signed up, found a little town with a language school, learned to speak the language a little bit and... I think it was just, I think sort of just through surfing, That you know, camaraderie and meeting people. And there was a lot of like expats and a lot of like just young kids, Mm -hmm. like Canadians, Americans, Europeans um, from all over the place that were living there and just sort of got in with a crew of people. And, you know, it was like, it was kind of like Lord of the Flies. It was like living in the middle of the jungle. I had, like, no running water, no phone, no TV. Everything I owned, I fit into a backpack. And it was just, like, all of us, these young kids, just, like, we would surf and hang out and kind of live off off the land. And we had nothing. And it's so funny. I look back at the times of my life, and that's probably the happiest I've ever been. Right. Just pure, (laughs) simple, like, just the purest, most
0: simple living. No drama.
2: No stuff. There's no no social
0: media. There's no, like, news. It's just... You're yeah. living your life like a like a real human being does. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it, it, when you think about it, that's kind of how it is right now. Like well, like if I'm like you know, I want you get immersed in social media. Obviously, it it's part of the business. You ha- yeah. you have to have social media. I get it. If I didn't work for Fieldcraft, mm-hmm. I would not have social media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I would I pro- like that would be the biggest like relief not to have it, but um But I look at it like I'm and I go outside and I'm and I'm in the community. It's like I don't see any of what they're talking about on the news. I'm not seeing all this like scary stuff. I'm like, people are out here trying to make a living. They're trying to have fun. They're trying to like be part of the community and they're just trying to get, they're trying to make money. They're trying to live. Yeah. I don't see any of that when I'm out. Yeah. But when I go home and like turn on, you know, Facebook, Instagram, it's it's, just let's scare everybody, you know? Now either we're too masked now.
2: Yeah, you realize
0: that one mask is nothing. Two masks is nothing. You're not, <laughs> we're not wearing the right mask. Come on, people. It's just awful. And I don't mind wearing my mask. I do it because I don't want to hear someone else's mouth. I do it for protection, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but, but I mean, it's just, it's just like the way life is. I mean, if people would just stop worrying about other people and just worry about your own life and right? and,
2: just, and be nice. Yeah. Like how
0: hard is it to be nice to somebody? Like, it's just, it's crazy.
2: But I think that it's, I mean, it is, it's that just being bombarded with social media and the news Mm -hmm. and just all of this craziness and let's scare everybody and let's like cause panic and let's give misinformation. And it just, it, it makes people on edge. It makes Uh people not even nice to their family, their spouse, let alone like a perfect stranger on the street. And when you can just sort of like disconnect from all that. And it was the most beautiful thing ever. I mean literally when I lived in Costa Rica it was like n- I had no idea what was going on in the world right. it was no TV no nothing and it was just pure I mean it was a small tiny town mm-hmm. little village in the middle of the jungle everybody took care of everybody everybody had each other's back you know you go out you fish and make a fire on the beach and fillet the fish mm-hmm. up and cook it and just and, every, that's it. Like, and that was it it was just the most like pure beautiful simple healthy yeah like living and way of life and like man never been happier and yeah. so now it's so funny all these years later, here I am sort of trying to create that in my own little world <laughs> yeah. and bubble like now.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I remember when it, I was in uh, in Libya with Mike and we were, it was like that, like, I didn't, we were out in the middle of like, we were in the, I mean, obviously we were in Tripoli, but when we'd go train, we'd be out like on the coast and there was like hardly like no electricity. We had no internet out there. It was like shoddy. It was terrible. Right. But we just turned everything off. We didn't like, I, I didn't keep track of what was going on and we were right on the Mediterranean Sea. Mm. Like, I couldn't. I, it was amazing. Yeah, We had great food cooked for us, and the, they had like a little like kitchen, and just being with the guys and out there, and like the whole world was just, didn't even exist while yep. we were there, and it was just a great, great time, yep. so. So you're in Costa Rica, you're you're living, I mean, living life.
2: Oh, living life, yeah. And
0: is that the time, did you, were you just hanging out that time, or did you open up, like, did you start opening up your, your like, uh, the little shop and, and then, how would you do that? Like within the town, did you have to go like to city hall and?
2: So, um, so once I realized I loved it there, and I was like, this wasn't just like a fun little long, you know, extended vacation. Then mm-hmm. I like wanted to live there and stay there, and um, that's when I sort of decided, all right, well, like, what am I going to do for work? What am I going to do for you know a job? Granted, back then, when I lived there, what year know, was this? Gosh, this was. I can do math. I'm <laughs> like, I can do like, this. I'm the I worst. can like, figure I don't it remember out. any time um, in my 30s, 80, 80, it feels like. 90, um, gosh, like 2004. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, I mean, back then living there, I mean, it was way different than mm-hmm. it is now. I mean, you could survive off a couple bucks a day. Oh, yeah. But it was like, all right, you know, time to be part of the community, have mm-hmm. a job, you know, whatnot. And everyone's like you know what this town needs is like a coffee shop. Like Costa Rican's known known for its coffee. Mm-hmm. Like one of their biggest, you know, um, crops and exports as coffee beans, but couldn't get a decent cup of coffee to save your life. Like they would brew their coffee, like literally out of like a dirty tube sock. Ugh. Oh, so nasty. And so I'm like, I can do that. And sure, why not? And um, as a foreigner, you are legally allowed to bring your money and invest and Create businesses there, but you have to hire um, Costa Ricans solely, which is a great system. You know, sure, if you want to come and bring your money and create jobs for you know, um, for us and uh, the community, go for it. But the funny thing was, is so here I am, started out a little coffee shop. Then of course you need like some cookies and baked goods to go with the coffee, Mm -hmm. and then it just kind of turned into this thing where I just. It grew into like okay, some breakfast items, some eggs, some traditional Costa Rican dishes. Well, let's do some pancakes, waffles, traditional Mm -hmm. American dishes because there were a lot of Americans that had been living there for, you know, a really long time, and and a lot of the tourists that came there, you know, they wanted American food and they wanted what they knew. So it just grew. I hear it's like pretty
0: safe to like travel and live there. I mean, it was oh
2: really safe. I mean, there is definitely. A dark little underbelly yeah. side of uh, it, for yeah. sure. Yeah, everywhere has that. Um, every, every place, but usually just drugs and you know petty violence, yeah. theft was really the worst of it. And the town we lived in, I mean, there was no cops, there was no hospital. There, I mean, it was like you were literally like you were on your own.
0: <laughs> so when you were, so did you have like did you have like a little like EDC kind of setup where if something would happen, you had like your own like basically we talk about you know you be your own first responder did you have like something like an emergency kit that you had always on you at all times or no, never anything no, like that? No,
2: I was, we were all just young and, and it's just like more like
0: just a free, just, it
2: just young, just dumb and time. free and just like having a good time. There were some, a couple like doctors and, you know, uh, Europeans and mm-hmm. stuff who were doctors who lived there who obviously, you know, people to call on. Um, but no, I mean, it really is a miracle. Like I made it out alive. I remember one gal, we were out to dinner and She had a bad nut allergy and Tried to buy to someone's food. There was nuts in it. You know, she EpiPenned oh, herself, but then she only had a little window of time yeah. after that. And we got to like the local like clinica that was like thirty minutes away, mm-hmm. and there was like a sign off the, on the door like I'm down at the bar like in the next wow. town over, and I'm like watching this girl like. Then we're like count. She's like I have this many minutes left, and I'm like and I'm like oh my gosh, this girl's gonna die on my watch. And I mean, I mean, there was a lot of sketchy close calls just because there wasn't, right. you know. But I mean, I broke my leg in multiple places and fractured ribs, and I mean, I never went to I mean, the hospital. Was six hours away. I never mm. went. I just kind of drugged myself along the floor. Yeah. And, I mean, it was it yeah. was nuts. It, looking now in hind, I mean, now I have you know, full, complete, like ready to go in case of emergency survival kits everywhere, all over the house, the truck, you know, on me, whatever. But back then it was just a bunch of young, dumb kids oh, living yeah. in the jungle, just hoping <laughs> for the best. That's so cool,
0: though. <laughs> so when did you decide, okay, I've, I've, I've kind of had a, not a, saying I had enough, but like what was your decision point to be like, okay, I've had enough of you, Costa Rica, I need to move on and do something else. Like what was that process?
2: It, um, that process, (laughs) I started looking at the people that had been there like a long time Mm -hmm. and it was sort of like the lights were on but nobody was home sort of thing. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's definitely a a bad, a down, an opposite side, we'll say, of living in paradise. I mean, it was beautiful, it was amazing, such an amazing life, but it was, you know, small town, same 10 people, same conversation over and over again. Not a lot of culture, not mm-hmm. a lot of like inspiration, not a lot of growth going on. And I just sort of hit a point after being there for three years and especially really finding my passion in food and cooking for people and owning this restaurant. I like, I just wanted more. I was like starved for more Mm -hmm. information, for more knowledge. I missed my friends and family. And I was just like that breaking point of like, if I have the same conversation for the millionth time, like I'm going to lose my mind. And just the people there were kind of like, just, you kind of just, you know, it's like always the same
0: story, always yeah. the same excuses and mm-hmm. things like that. So what was like the part of your, I guess your journey for this to become a chef? Like, what was the part where you were like, wow, I really love doing this. Like this, I could see myself doing this for the rest of my life. Like, what was that decision? Like, you know, you open the coffee shop, you're doing coffee, then you expand. Was it kind of like the excitement of like, wow, I get to add more stuff. This is mine. I could control it. And
2: it was definitely that sort of entrepreneurial <clears throat> side of it. And mm-hmm. it's like, it's funny looking back now as a kid, it's like, you know, hindsight 2020, looking back as a kid, like I always used to play like business mm-hmm. and like, you know, like instead of like house or dolls right. or whatever, like I loved that creating something and kind of my own and being mm-hmm. my own boss and, um, and like when I would like butter my toast when I was a kid, I would take so much time and attention to care to like butter every corner and nook like and cranny every, and make sure every, every bite yeah, would be equally oh yeah. as good. And it drove my mom fucking crazy. <laughs> but it's like looking back, it's like, you see those little things and habits that are just, were just mm-hmm. me. And now, you know, makes perfect sense that I am a chef, but really what it was for me, it was the connection with people. Oh yeah. It was feeding people, connecting with yep. people. It was providing that, that joy yeah. for someone. And I think that's why after the, my restaurant in Costa Rica, I kind of went more into the pastry route Mm -hmm. because it was sort of like, I mean, who's in a bad mood, like eating a piece of cake or like you get to make someone's birthday cake or someone's like wedding cake, or that's a really personal intimate sort of thing, bringing that joy. And that really, for me, just, it made me so happy to connect with
0: people. I tell people too, I'm like, even terrorists like pizza. You know what I mean? Like, you know, you can't turn on a cupcake. Right. So But that's so cool. Like, so when you, when, I guess, what was your process? Like, what was your out? Like, how did you get out of Costa Rica? Like, were you just like, okay, I'm done and packed up? Or was it kind of like, did you take some time to like kind of cover your bases and and then make it? the exit kind of a smooth transition?
2: No, it was pretty much like I was done. Mm -hmm. Everything closes down for a month or two in the wet season because it's just like torrential downpours. And so everyone sort of closes up shop and it's a nice opportunity to take a vacation and sort of get out. And so I decided to come um, back to California, to L.A. and see friends and family and. Yeah, I took one step off the plane and I was like, yeah, I'm not going back. Right. <laughs> <laughs> just seeing my friends and family oh, yeah. and just having that and and so I, you know, sold sold the restaurant, sold what stuff I had there in Costa Rica and was like, I'm going to culinary school. Like I was just hungry. I was like, I Mm -hmm. wanna know the science behind pastry, the science behind food, like why, Mm -hmm. you know, you can take flour and water and eggs and like salt, sugar, whatever. And like, depending on how you combine those things and the ratios, you can get a hundred different things and results. I was just so hungry for that knowledge. So I did like a year culinary um, program. And then I just was lucky enough to just uh, get in with some really amazing, high-profile, famous, phenomenally talented chefs, and I pretty much sacrificed the next ten years of my life and just worked. That's awesome. I just worked That's my how, like, ass off. I, I'm
0: not trained. I'm not, I just love like making food for yeah. people, and I get to the point sometimes where I started out like making barbecue, mm-hmm. and uh, I. I I remember making a slab of ribs one time Mm -hmm. and I was stationed in Germany at the time and I had my Weber kettle. I had everything out and I ruined them. I said, you know what, this is the last time I do this. So I went on like the whole week I was at work and I was on the internet and YouTube and research and I'm like, okay, I got it. Mm -hmm. I'm going to set it up this weekend. And I did it. Mm -hmm. I set it up and they were amazing. And from then it was just like, it took like, it was just something I loved to do. And like you said, it brought people together because we lived in this little like I mean, the, the the place I lived in was built in like the 1500s. It was like an oh, wow. old farm. And it was like, it was like a little like you you drive in, it was like a house sticks out this way and it wraps around and wraps around. So it was like a little horseshoe. Mm-hmm. Then you had the courtyard there. So, and then we had like all these, um, like we had, um, so there are two other American couples mm-hmm. that lived next door to us, and then we had like the German couple that lived next door on the other side. And I would do like barbecues on like Saturdays and Sundays, and then everybody together. We sit around, and it was just the best time to bring yeah. people mm-hmm. together. And it's just I love that, yep. you know. And that's why I do this like I do this little cooking show. I don't know if you've heard of it. I mean, it's you know, it's it's a big deal, but no, uh, it's called uh, a Insert Ingredient um, Here. Yep. And uh, it was just cool because you get people to come in and like I just did the last episode. I did it with um, Ike ike uh from uh ike eastman from eastman's hunting Mm drone and it's like he like my dad was like you're doing you're you're cooking with ike eastman (laughs) i was like yeah yeah." He was like oh my that's so cool like it was just the things that like i just i'm just a lucky dude to like be a part of something like this so so you went to culinary school it was a year
2: yeah i just did a year program
0: no it okay so they do that they have that
2: that was actually the first year they even ever just offered like a one year baking and pastry program. And we, we learned a little bit of like the business side and the savory mm-hmm. side, but it was really just focused on the sort of art and science of like pastry and, oh, yeah. and baking. Um, so which worked out for me because I'm like, I can sign up for like a year of school. Right. What was like <laughs> the
0: what was like the program or like the. Uh, I guess the classes, like what was, was it like you were in the same class all day or was it kind of like?
2: Different classes, there would be, you know, like a bread class, there would be, you know, knife skills, there would be, you know, like the sort of business, you know, accounting Mm -hmm. side, you know, Um, there would be like inventory, you know, and like all certain different aspects of that, a cake class, you know, ice cream class, you know, sort of just broke down into the different, you know, fundamentals Mm -hmm. and and the different, you know, sections like that. So you were doing different stuff, you know, throughout the day. Um but yeah, it was it was really awesome to sort of learn and understand like the why mm-hmm. kind of you know, because right. it's fun to just do it an experiment. there's a lot less. Um, room for error and experimentation right. in baking and pastry than there is for cooking.
1: Yeah,
2: um, which is I think why now I'm going back to savory because I love the it's sort like of freeform, the play with it yeah. and have fun. And even though I do in my pastry actually now that now that I've been doing it long enough, I kind of know where I can like afford mm-hmm. to kind of wing it and play and right. like get a little crazy with it and see what happens. But. Um, yeah, no, it's, uh, it was, it was good to learn like the actual science right. behind it.
0: And that's the funny that you said before you were like, you know, you can take the same ingredients and make a hundred different things. And that's, yeah. and it's weird that you say that. Cause like on my little thing, my little show I do, I've been using the same ingredients every single episode, but everything is different. Like, totally different, you know, it's, yeah. and I, and I just realized that like the last, know, last time I was setting it up, I was like, I do this every single time, but I just make it different. I'm like, huh, I might mention that, you know? And it just I think that's but pretty but it's a cool. good
2: i mean it's a cool challenge like oh, i yeah. like that challenge of like let's take the same ingredients mm-hmm. and like get creative and what million different things can you turn it oh, into yeah. and how you cook it or with a different spice or you know like whatever like that but um but I remember I was watching on your social media on Instagram, like a little sort of tidbit intro of your cooking thing. Uh-huh. And you were like, you're, I don't know, you're giving someone a hard time about coming in whatever, oh, and you're yeah, like, yeah. no, yeah. you're like, but come in and hang out and gather and yeah. help or have a beer or whatnot. <laughs> and I mean, that's oh, yeah, really that's what like, I love the, doing. like, that's it's the great. love of it is yeah, yeah. it's, you know, like my best memories are of like being around a table, breaking bread, mm-hmm. sharing a meal with someone, sharing stories, you know. Just, and it oh, it always is. It's like the kitchen is like the heart of mm-hmm. the house. Oh, yeah. And it's always where everybody gathers and hangs out. Mm-hmm. And that's such like a... That's where like, like a,
0: good stories are told. Oh, like,
2: yes. Oh,
0: the best stories are told the at best. the kitchen table. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember we, I grew up in my house. I had a little... We li- I lived in Ohio and our house was, I mean, it was built in 1903. And it was just one of those small little kitchens. But we had that little kitchen table in there. My mom sat there every morning at like 4 in the morning. She'd say her prayers, read her little Bible session, then make her call, get ready and, and go to work. And we'd always sit there in the mornings and like Saturday mornings, Sunday mornings, eat breakfast, listen yeah. to a little uh, TV and just gather. You yeah. know, it was just, it was great, great times. Yeah. So yeah, but uh, so when you got out of the the culinary school like what was do they set you up for like a like a job or like an intern or how does that work
2: yeah so you're required to get an internship that's part of your you know mm. to to graduate i guess if you will um and i was lucky enough to get an internship with one of the uh, culinary professors and um you know, I like I said, I, I worked my ass off. and I loved it and I was hungry for it, and I was mm-hmm. passionate about it. And I really like I really wanted it. I finally found something that like I loved and, and meant a lot to me. And so, you know, I sort of took contrary action and I just you know, I showed up early. I stayed late. you know, if I saw the professor or the chef spilt something, like I was the first one there with a the rag. Mm-hmm. or if I saw that, you know he was needing a, a mixing bowl for the mixer, like I would be like there with it. Um, and just kind of went above and beyond. And, and I say that just because um, I equate that to getting the opportunities in my career that oh, yeah. I got because it just, you know, it showed the bosses, it showed the people that I was willing, that I was hungry, that I was observing, I was paying attention, mm-hmm. I was on, that I wanted it. Yeah, You know what I mean? And so I was lucky enough to get an amazing internship with one of the professors, and uh, and then he got offered a job for you know an amazing, um, an amazing, amazing well known chef to open up a new property, a new hotel, multiple restaurants, huge massive mm-hmm. property, and he brought me on as his sous chef, uh, and from there I just what is that
0: like? Because I, I watched, uh, I recently watched that uh, movie with, um, what was his name, He uh, Bradley Cooper.
2: Yes, I haven't seen that movie because everybody says it sucks.
0: <laughs> I don't, like, so my thing is the movie's kind of, it's, it's a little, like, we get it. Like, he's a celebrity chef. He's, like, mm-hmm. Mr. Rockstar. And he's, mm, like, yeah. part of the movie. Like, he got in trouble. And then I don't want to give it away. It probably but reminds
2: me too much of my exploit, boyfriend uh, That's why I don't want to watch yeah.
0: it. <laughs> so he punished himself by shucking a million oysters before he could, like, go back to... Because mm-hmm. he blew it or something like that. But, uh-huh. like, they showed, like, when he got back into the groove and he, he was in his kitchen, like, they showed, like... They, it's like a mean environment to work in. Like, you get yelled at a lot. Like, is that how it oh, really yeah, is? Oh, yeah, it's brutal,
2: man. It is <sighs> brutal.
0: How do you take that? I mean, obviously, you, you probably have to just block it out, but, but doesn't that ever get person, Like, does it ever get to you when you first started out when people were yelling at you about just for food?
2: Oh, 100% yeah. it does. And you have to, you know, you just, you... You adapt, you, right. you know, and it weeds out. I mean, it's so funny because it's like. Cause at it's not the personal, end, right? It's no, it's not yeah. personal. It's so funny. Cause at the end of the day, it's like, it's, it's food. Come on now. Like, like really, we're not saving lives. We're not, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like it's food. Um, and so you kind of are like, like really, but you know, it weeds out the, the ones that can't take it and hack it. Cause I will tell oh you. Oh shit. <laughs> Share <laughs>
1: malfunction. Yeah,
2: <laughs> um, it weeds out the ones that can't take it because I will tell you, life in a in a professional kitchen in the restaurant industry, yeah. it's brutal. Like it, it is brutal. It is long hours. It is high stress. Mm-hmm. It is exhausting on your, f- on your feet. I mean, it is physically, <sighs> mentally, and emotionally like demanding and, and draining. And so it weeds those people out. But I mean, I used to get hit. With what was your mindset? With, like, like,
0: how did you get past that? Because I look at it; it would just get to me, like because I just it would like it would hurt my feelings. Like mm-hmm. it, it would make me feel like, wow, like I'm just trying, you know? Like why are you yelling at me? Like how did you get through like that? That would kill me. Like I would not do good with that.
2: You just kind of put your head down and yeah, just kind of ignore, ignore it. it. Yeah, Damn. you just put your head down and ignore it, and then you just really like make sure you don't do whatever you did to get right. yelled at in the first place again. Like, I mean, you, you keep your shit tight is yeah. what you do. And like, you just put your head down. And I mean, I used to get like hit and beat with like a wood spoon. If I spilt like a teaspoon of flour, for oh, a, wow. I, mean, I mean, Oh yeah. And like yelled at and berated and, Oh What yeah. was your,
0: like, what was, did you have like a certain job you did in the kitchen? Like, you, like I don't know if there's like a, like a person that makes the sauces or did you have like a, A station where you—this was your, this was your end, like left and right limit, and. Stay in here and don't, like, is that how it works? Stay in your lane.
2: For a pastry kitchen, it's not entirely set up like that. A regular Mm -hmm. kitchen there is. There's, you know, the sauce station, Mm -hmm. the meat station, fish station grill. There's cold station that does salads and appetizers. And and then the
0: head chef is kind of, is he doing the main course or is he kind of overseeing? He's sort of
2: overseeing everything. He'll be on the line and expediting and making sure all the plates and food that Mm -hmm. comes out is perfect and on point. And so they're sort of overseeing everything. and
0: And... so they had this one part of the movie, it talked about like the, to get your Michelin star. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the way they talked about it was like, someone's going to come in, he's going to take his hat off, put it on the table. Then he's going to take the fork and put it over here. So that's where, you know, like that's the Michelin guy. So mm-hmm. when you send him that thing, was that how it was when you, when there were people coming in like a restaurant and is that a thing like, and oh, yes. what was that like? That's like.
2: So you know it's very much a thing. I mean, whenever another high profile amazing highly regarded chef would come into the restaurant or whenever a food critic would come in. Right. I mean, it was like
0: everybody's oh, pucker factor every, was oh, up. yes. Oh.
2: Just it I mean talk about tense and tension and um, Cause you
0: got to bring your egg in. I mean, oh, this is it. This could make her or break the, you.
2: 100% make or break you. Hundred a I mean, hundred. so much pressure. Yeah. So much pressure. It's like, and again, a
0: bad, like a bad review in a movie or something. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. like, oh. And
2: again, it's like, it's just food. you right? like, Yo, yeah. come on. Um, but oh, I mean, such high pressure. And I actually, I worked at a Michelin star. I was a pastry chef at a Michelin star restaurant. Mm-hmm. And man, the vibe in there... You don't talk. I mean, like your whites, your, I mm-hmm. mean, like your uniform. I mean, it's very keeping much. It crisp. Yeah. I mean, keeping it crisp and everything has to be just buttoned and yeah. tied and perfect just right. And you don't talk. And it is silent and it is everybody just, Jeez. I mean, it's like, it's, it's crazy looking back on it now because it's just, it's like, it's food. Yeah, like, right? <laughs> come on, you know? But I mean, I was like in that environment. Um, I mean,
0: you were there, you were like, you were at that level of like, yeah, I mean, like, that's great.
2: I mean, some of the best, I mean, the chefs of the number one rated mm -hmm. uh, restaurant in the world, I mean, five years in a row, I mean, I had to cook for and, and food critics and working in a Michelin star restaurant. I mean, I was at the highest level of like stress and pressure (sighs) and I was a miserable, horrible human being. I was that person that I, because it just, it was part of the culture. It used to, it's not anymore now Mm -hmm. because it's not tolerated, you know? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not tolerated anymore, but you know, um, back then it was just part of the culture to like, you know, yell and scream and throw and berate. Like like,
0: female chefs different than like, was it like a, like I hear the stories of uh, you know, like, uh, I don't know, like not having the, you're not getting the same amount of time or credit or, or just being left out because you're like a woman chef? Was that kind of like the way it was back then?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was definitely a boys club yeah. and I was definitely, you know, left out of mm-hmm. the boys club, if you will. Everyone always asked me and I've done so many interviews for books and, you know, huge publications and articles of like what it's like to be like a female chef in a right. male dominated industry or whatever. And I never saw it like that. And I never treated I never acted or behaved any differently because mm-hmm. I was one of the only I mean, the only female. Um, in the kitchen, is I just always sort of took. And I know a lot of women, not just in the culinary world, but you know, in lots of male-dominated you know industries, where mm-hmm. like women think you have to be a bitch or you have to be like tough or hard. Right. Or, you you know, see that like, in the army a lot. Yeah. It's like like
0: it's, it's, we're all doing the same thing. Yeah. Like. And I
2: was just like I just kind of took the train of thought of like I'm just gonna let my work speak for myself. Oh I'm, yeah. I'm here to do a job. I'm gonna put my head down. I'm gonna work and I'm gonna. Let my work ethic and my work itself speak for itself, yep. and that gained me respect. And then I was one of the boys, one of the guys. But it wasn't one of the boys, one of the guys. It was then I was just one of the chefs. Right. I was a peer, mm-hmm. um, and you know that gained me respect. I was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be me. I'm you know, I was. I should say I was mean and would yell at people and throw pots mm-hmm. and pans and like make grown men cry and like you know punch walls and like all of that. Not because I was a female and I felt I had to be a bitch to. Like, like, just you true. know, make just because I was that overworked and right. stressed and it, I mean, was just like a shell of a human being. Mm-hmm. I was that stressed out, overworked <sighs> that I was. And then I was like, like, I just had like an kind of an aha moment.
0: Because that's like seven days a week. Oh, yeah. It seven doesn't days, I mean the restaurant oh, no. business doesn't holidays, yeah. weekends.
2: I mean, I, I literally gave up, I mean, everything, mm-hmm. my friendships, my relationships, my family, weddings, births of, you know, my best friend's children, you know, all, all of it, holidays, my entire life was my work and mm-hmm. was my career. And um and it's so funny, everyone always asks chefs, like, Oh, what are the great like restaurants to eat at? And I'm like, You think we get to eat out? Yeah, <laughs> you I mean, think in the back, we have a life up over yeah, the like, sink, you know? I've been on my feet, you know, eighteen hours today on my hundred and twenty-seventh day in a yeah. row. Like I, think, I don't do even you, know.
0: I feel like when I cook like big meals like I did when I was in uh, in the army in Germany, that's when I first started like really Branching out like trying new things and like mm-hmm. experimenting and um I got to do uh beef brisket, like seventy pounds of beef brisket for our uh our our company, our our, our unit. And I just remember doing that and i never did brisket in my life.
2: Oh my gosh. Not one time. <laughs> You're like taking on seventy pounds yeah. of it.
0: And I had to get like the grill, which it wasn't even like a good grill. Mm-hmm. And I was out there four in the morning, just figuring it out, you know? And yeah. it and it worked out. You know, it 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 worked Fake out. Make it
2: till you make it, it, man. Till you make it. And then, <laughs> That's my words I live by.
0: But when I'm done cooking, like I you, you know, you cooked all morning, cooked throughout through the day, and everything's done. It looks delicious. Like mm-hmm. I'm like, I could not believe I did it. But I couldn't eat any of it. I was mm-hmm. not hungry. I didn't want it. I wanted it to watch everyone eat it. I yeah. walked around, watch everyone eat it. Is that, do you get that way? Like when you're cooking, like,
2: Oh yeah. I, where it's don't like, I just don't want
0: to eat. Yeah. Like, you no. enjoy it. Yeah. You know, mm. oh, yeah, yeah. I
2: just want to like sit back, have just... a cocktail or beer or something <laughs> and just like watch. Yeah. No, hundred oh, yeah. percent. Just like, yeah, no, I'm well, cause you're also, you're picking, yeah. yeah oh, I eat the whole time. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's, it's a, it's a, cra- it's a crazy world.
0: <laughs> so you're. You're sitting there, you have your aha moment, then like what was your like how did you like what was the plan from there?
2: So well that was so
0: and what year was this? It was like what it was like two thousand
2: So now this is like two thousand ten. Okay. Um and you know, I was at the top of my game. I was, you know, the only pastry chef, only chef in LA to get, you know, two four star reviews and awards and working at this Michelin star restaurant and mm-hmm. you know, I was like in it and making money and like everybody knew my name in the mm-hmm. culinary world and I was like I'm on top of the world and I went back to work for you know another very very famous chef
0: who um, Jose dropped? Andres oh I've heard of that that guy. was who I started awesome. working with and yeah.
2: um, then I left for whatever it doesn't matter I left and then you know Jose called and he said you're it I want you back. Um, and, um, I mean, amazingly talented chef, mm-hmm. brilliant businessman, I mean, and what he's doing across the world, I mean, feeding, I mean, the guy who's nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize, I mean, come on, like, it's, yeah, right. you know, game changer. He knows what he's doing. He knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, the opportunity, when he called and said that he wanted me back and to work for him again, you know, of course I would say yes, And but, and so I went back and worked for him and was his pastry chef, and I just, I was just a shell of a human being, and it didn't matter, the accolades I had, it didn't matter all the money I had in the bank, it didn't matter because I was a miserable human being. I was a miserable human being and so I said, I want back like what I had in Costa Rica. I want to connect with the people. It's, you know, it's so funny you spend 15 hours back in the kitchen putting your heart and your soul into mm-hmm. food and then you never even get to see the end result. Right. You're like back in this kitchen with no windows and no whatever and then it goes out into the dining room and you don't ever get it's, it's just all loud you don't back ever there. get to see like what happens and I was like I want to connect with the people. So, long story short, I quit and said, I'm gonna open up a bakery. And a girlfriend of mine kind of partnered up and we opened up this little bakery. We're like, we want it to be the cheers of bakeries. Where was that? This was in LA. And so, you know, I left everything. I put every last penny and my reputation on the line to like open up this bakery and like couldn't even pay my bills Mm -hmm. by the time we were getting ready to open. And it was like, Of because of who I worked for and where I'd worked, it was like all eyes were on me. And so I was still this like stressed out, high-strung like asshole. And I remember, (laughs) I love this story, this was my aha moment. I remember it was early on and like reporters and people and you know, like critics and I'm going through the display display cases looking at the baked goods and I noticed a couple of them were like undercooked, like Mm -hmm. borderline raw. And like we had this open window back to the kitchen and I yelled and told all my staff to come up and I started throwing the baked goods, not at them, but in their direction uh-huh. <laughs> and at the, the, the oven. <laughs> and I'm like picking them up. I'm like, does this look done to you? And I'm throwing them and saying Damn. horrible This sceneries. is like in the middle of the day? oh yeah, middle of the day, customers coming in and out, I didn't even care, I just Mm -hmm. saw like, you know I mean, just like, yeah, just snapped and I'm throwing them and saying, like I could cry right now, like what I was saying to these people, to my Mm -hmm. staff, to my employees and just throwing these things and yelling at them and and then like one by one wasn't enough, so I like reached in the the, display case and I grabbed like a sheet tray of them and I like (laughs) (laughs) lifted it up over my head and slammed it down on the ground. And well, there's, you know, this thing, force and gravity. So I slam the tray down on the ground, and all of the baked goods fly up in the air and drop and land all over me. And so (laughs) I'm standing there covered in my own baked goods. And I just remember looking back at the kitchen and locking eyes with my staff, and they were just wide-eyed, and you could see, like, they wanted to laugh, but, like, I had just been yelling at them and, like, making them cry, and so it was like, oh, is she gonna kill us if we laugh now? And we locked eyes, and we just laughed, and, and it was that moment of just being covered and it was like just instant karma, oh, you know yeah. what I mean, like Damn. yeah, you're gonna be <laughs> that like right back at you, and I had never raised my voice and, and I never yelled at another mm-hmm. employee, and I never would vowed I would never ask any employee to ever do anything that I wouldn't do and And I was just like, I'm here to connect with people and make food and have fun. And Mm -hmm. that was like my aha moment of like, what am I doing? Like, you know, like, what am I, like, why? Like, why am I being nasty and mean? And so that was really like a turning point just as on a human, like emotional, just level of myself of like turning my life around Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, making, making some changes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I remember I, I had, I used to have a, like, my temper, mm-hmm. like it's just like when it goes, it goes. But I, I like like many years ago, I was just like George. You just need to calm down. Yeah. Just calm down. And I got calm down tattooed on my that's bicep amazing. right here, and that's been my mantra ever since. And like I, like, I just don't try to let I, I try to let th- things stress me out as much. Cause it's really like when I like what am I really doing? Am I really like? Cause this is my job. Really that stressful? I mean, I'm talking to people most days. I'm making sure everybody got what they're doing. I mean. It's a people person job i mean yeah. it, i love talking to people but at the same time like i'm on this thing right now where it's like i'm over people at the same time like i just yeah. some people just leave me alone like COVID <laughs> has been like a blessing in disguise for me a little bit because i don't have to like deal with people all the time but at the same time i need that connection with people to like talk to them find out where their story is where they're from um it's like i feed off of that like i need to be like i'm a social person until I'm not. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that I, makes sense. I just have yeah. to have my space as it's well. A, but all, all
2: balance. You know, is, yeah, yeah. You got to have
0: that balance. So I, I've tried to, like, since I've been out of the Army, I got out to th- 2018. I've just tried to live out stress-free, man. Like, I'm not, like... I have Life's the, too short. Yeah, I it's have anxiety too, already. Like, yeah. So it's like, I don't want that anxiety. Mm-hmm. So let's just chill. Yeah. So you had that epiphany. <laughs> you you know, you, <laughs> you're throwing donuts on people and cookies. And, yeah, damn, that's crazy. I mean...
2: So crazy, and people that know me now, they're like, wait, what, you? Right. Like, you were that? Because <laughs> now I'm just like the most chill, relaxed, mm-hmm. like easygoing, always a smile on my face. Right. Like, I mean, it's like the name of my cookbook is like, Sunny Side Up, and everyone's like, but that is you, like, you're always mm-hmm. like, Sunny Side Up. Like, <laughs> so it's so funny to tell that stories of the the so, previous me. All
0: right, so then everything's got you, you kind of like, you're like, okay, I'm done playing around, I'm done getting emotional, when, when, did you feel like it got a lot better like when you did that? Oh yeah, like,
2: so much better. It was nice. like, I'm just here to make people happy and make good food mm-hmm. and just like, it was just like, I took the pressure off myself. Right. You know, like took the pressure off myself and who cares what critic or judge or mm-hmm. whatever, or what people say, or I'm not gonna obsess, you know, till two in the morning and reading all the Yelp reviews and like get all worked up about uh, it or whatever. It's just like can't make everybody happy, so exactly. it's just like I don't even, you know. Like, yeah,
0: I don't even read the comments on stuff. Oh like, yeah, I, just, I don't. I, I mean, I don't. Any, yeah,
2: anymore. people are mean. People are so mean, and they're, mean, so and they're
0: mean, mean just to be because they're hurt. You know, like that, you know the saying, "Hurt people hurt people." You know, it's like, bro, but, like calm down. I'm I'm just cooking on a I'm cooking on a kettle like a scottle grill. I'm right? cooking meat like I'm heating it up. Like, come on. I'm adding heat. Yeah. I'm adding spices, and that's it. Oh, yeah. You're telling me like I'm doing it wrong. Like,
2: what? People will find anything to hate on and be nasty about and judge about. I mean, I get like, I've legitimately gotten death threats. Are you uh, serious? From my judging on Food Network for they don't think that like, cause they think I'm a mean judge on a cake competition show. I'm like, it's a cake show. You're gonna threaten to kill me. Oh, uh, I mean like the horrible, nasty messages and comments I've gotten. And I'm like, what? It's, I'm it's like, so is funny this the world, world we live like, in? They
0: get I'm away like, with it too. You? I know. It's so sad. <laughs> it's so crazy. So when you did your, uh, like, what, what came first? Did you do your cookbook first or did you, were you kind of on the, uh, the Food Network shows and all that stuff or?
2: So, yeah, no, I did the Food Network. I was doing the Food Network stuff.
0: And how'd you do that? Like, what was that? How'd that, like, jump off?
2: So I had my bakery. I opened up, you know, my bakery and um, uh, some TV people actually from Bravo, um, network reached out about a show, and I—I um, I actually wanted nothing to do with TV. I wanted mm-hmm. nothing to do with it. Didn't want any part of it. It's whatever.
0: It's so weird.
2: Um, it's so weird. It's such a weird world. I won't. I won't let people in behind the curtain. I won't uh, ruin it for everybody. It's, but it's yeah, a weird world. It's man. nothing and like you think it is. That's <laughs> no, I, it is I can not. say that from my little experience <laughs> I've had. It's
0: nothing how you think it yeah. is. Yeah.
2: So you know, I was you know, hit up for a long time to do this Bravo reality show. And, and I refused and said, I mean, and even just reality was it a show. New show, it was a new show. And I said, even just reality TV, like I want, I don't want to touch that. So I was like, it's not me. Like I'm not, they will
0: paint you into this like person that you're not. And yep. they'll make you like, they'll set your ass up.
2: Oh, they set you up so easy. Dude, I can tell you so oh. many stories. <laughs> when I, oh, it's so many stories. It's such a setup. They feed you alcohol and set you oh, yeah. up. So it's just so stuff gets wild and crazy and out of control. So I ended up doing it, long story short. And I really did it because I was broke and I had this new bakery that I opened mm. up and I was and the show was basically going to be a, involved around my life in this bakery. And, and what I was, was the like, show it's free called? advertisement. Oh, gosh, I don't even want to save you. Some people um, will go and look. look. (laughs) I'm going to look it up now. It was called Eat, Drink, Love.
0: Oh. It was... That was yes. on the Food Network, right? Or no, was it on Bravo? that was on Bravo. Oh, okay. So
2: I did that, and look, I did it. I mean, it was great for business. It was free advertising. Oh, I mean, yeah. people would travel all over the country after that show to come to my bakery and see me and see the place, and so it was great for business. Luckily, it was one season, one and done, and and then from that, I was able to do a show on CNBC. Kind of was like a Shark Tank for the restaurant mm-hmm. world, which that was something I was passionate about helping. Yeah people start businesses and it was, you know, it was sort of consulting with them and Mm -hmm. helping them come up with a business plan and helping them raise money to start their business. And that really was, I was like passionate about giving back and helping people. And then from that show, Food Network reached out about, you know, um, being a judge on some cake competition shows. Cause you know, at this point I sort of, I guess, was an expert in my field, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say. I'd been doing it long enough and you know, worked for amazing people in amazing restaurants. And so that was something I never thought in a million years that would ever right. be part of my life. And I grew up, my mom was a, such a foodie and like I grew, grew up, Food Network was always on the TV. So it was never like a dream for me or never anything on my radar, but it was such a big part of my life growing up and, and my mom that it was just this sort of like beautiful dream come true that yeah. like holy shit like wait i'm on like food that's awesome network? Right? Yeah. Like, right? but like i still <laughs> pinch myself and it's probably one of the i mean f- cooking and food for me has afforded me some of the most amazing opportunities mm. in my life just to meeting people oh, and yeah. traveling the world to go cook and and people inviting me into their home to cook for them, and the relationships that I've developed and established, and the things I've been able to do, and people I've been able to meet—like, I mean, so blessed. Like, blessed doesn't even begin to like sum it up. So, but it's been a, it's been a crazy, uh, wild ride. That's so, when you're a sure. judge
0: on these shows, and I, you, I mean, I've watched these shows as well on TV. Is it really like they only get like half an hour to cook their food? I mean, is that yeah. that's for real? No, oh, no,
2: it's for real. And I mean, I'll tell you like. It's a pretty high, I mean, it's, the, I mean, sure, it's, it's TV. stressful though. It but looks no, like it's, it's so stressful. Yeah. You have 30 minutes. I mean, take any like competition, mm-hmm. you know, and then put a time clock on it and then put a bunch of cameras in your face and people like yelling at you. And they're on their you, own. There's and, no one
0: helping you. i no like sous chef or anything yeah, helping no, that's, you. That's You're it. On your own. Wow. And
2: um, I mean, I've eaten cakes where people forget because I mean, it's so stressful. Like people forget to put the sugar, they forget the And you taste that right oil. away as soon as you, as soon you're just you like, to oh. eat it. Oh. <sighs> like this tastes like I'm eating cardboard <laughs> right now. But it's, I mean, it's real life. Yeah. Like it is real life competition, and the stress gets to people and they break down. And I mean, it's
0: how many shows did you do uh, per day?
2: So we would film an episode a day. Oh, it was okay. about. A 15-hour day
0: for to one, film for was
2: one half episode hour, for one hour, hour episode of TV. Oh, yeah, <laughs> um, and yeah, and but I mean, so Cake Wars was the show I was on, sort of the longest. And mm-hmm. gosh, we probably did I don't know 60, 70 episodes. And, <sighs> you know, each episode, was, you know, I'd probably eat some different kinds of cake, and Dang. it was a lot of yeah. It's a lot of sugar. I would start, so at the end of filming every season, I'd be like, man, I'd like headaches and like Mm -hmm. nauseous and real fatigued. And I'm like, I think I'm coming down with something or I'm like, I'm like pregnant or I'm like, I don't know, like something's wrong. Like I'm not well, like not well. And I'd like go to the doctor or whatever. And it was the sugar. Wow. I was so like sick, like, I mean, I make my career kind of off sugar, but man, it's, it's, it's nothing to joke around (laughs) about. It is, Yeah.
0: What's your favorite, like if you would, if you could introduce someone to your your pastry, uh, what your favorite? What, what would you serve someone to let them know, like, hey, I'm Wayne Lucas and this is my pastry. Oh no. What would be your favorite?
2: Um probably actually what I made for you guys when I brought stuff oh, in, that, those strawberry cake? buttermilk cakes. Yep. Those were
1: amazing. <laughs>
0: it's like they melt in your mouth. I mean it was oh, amazing. Man. Yeah, that, that's the,
2: that's probably the thing that I'm most known for, and it's mm-hmm. probably one of my favorite things. And to me, it's kind of just like the perfect dessert because, like, you can do it. It's just yeah, just melt in your mouth mm, cake. Yeah. just good. A little like fruit in the yeah, but I mean, I love I love making bread. Bread is just a beautiful. I mean, it's a live living organism with the yeast. I mean, I could geek out and have a whole conversation about bread, but I love doing it all. Working with yeah. chocolate and bread and making my own ice cream and you know now I sort of. Have this life, like I have goats and milking goats and making my own cheese, and now so you it's got a sort little, of
0: like uh, I wouldn't say hobby home, farm, but little homestead, little, homestead, little mini nice.
2: farm, um, where now it's just sort of this whole chef thing, and it's kind of bringing it back to like the Costa Rica days of just like mm-hmm. a really simple live off the land and kind of way of life and, and, and what I'm sort of trying to create for myself now. And, you know, the chef part in me is like, it's just so awesome. Like I have bees and my own honey and doing the goats and the goat milk and making my own cheese. And it's just, you know, I've, I mean I've traveled all over the world and worked for some of the best chefs in the world and the things I've been so fortunate I don't say this to brag but been so fortunate enough to eat and taste there is nothing better than like fresh homemade it, like I mean anything nothing fresh better.
0: homemade is amazing It's just oh. yeah
2: nothing compares I'm, I'm
0: from Stoneville Ohio and we're we have a lot of like uh, Italian uh, influence. Mm-hmm. So we got like a lot of time is like gnocchi. Is that how you say that? Is gnocchi? It gnocchi. Yeah. We have a lot like, oh, mm, the best so out there. And then uh, we have this pizza. Oh. OK, we have pizza that
2: mm-hmm.
0: I've been like being in the military, I've been able to travel all over.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I can honestly say I've been to Italy. I drove through Italy. I've had the food. I've had the pizza. <laughs> I mean, I've done it all. Right. It's, it's, you know, And I can say honestly, the pizza in my hometown is the best pizza I've ever had in my whole entire oh. life.
2: Pizza's my weakness. I'm like, I do So I'm let me tell you how, right how it's made. Because every podcast. What kind of pizza is it? Every
0: podcast, mm-hmm. I kind of lay it out. Mm-hmm. So the the uh, they call it Ohio Valley Pizza, and it's made in a tray, mm-hmm. like a nice rectangular tray. Okay. And there's like different there's like five you could say like five different families like mm-hmm. a mafia family mm-hmm. it feels like you have the de pizza you got and Moore's pizza you got ray's pizza <laughs> you got uh there's a couple other when you have uh bruno's pizza
2: i wish everybody listening right now right? could see how excited it, and I animated you this. are talking like, about this, this is, right now this is
0: everything and i mean i grew up with this pizza my whole life and you have i'm a shout out to iggy's pizza um as well but uh, every one of them have their, it's the same kind of style as mm-hmm. squares, Okay. Um, but it's all made the same way, but they have different ingredients, like different flavors. But what is they take the dough and they spread it out in the pan? Mm-hmm. Then I think, I don't know if they put a little bit of sauce on it or they just put it into the, uh, uh the oven and the mm-hmm. oven is like those old school gas ovens at mm-hmm. the door and you slide it in and. And they cook it for a little bit, and then they get to where it's like parabaked, where it's like almost done but not, and mm-hmm. they take it out, put a little bit more sauce on it, put it back in, mm. let it uh, brown up on the bottom. When they take it out, they take it out, they put um, the, all the toppings go on cold. What? Yeah, listen, Wait, no, what? This, is, this is the best part. They put the toppings on cold, uh-huh. cut it into squares, and they have put it in these little boxes, so when you take it to go, the steam uh-huh. from the thing, it heats and melts the cheese, but the best way to eat it is you get it right away, mm-hmm. and you just eat it with the cheese like not melted, the pepperonis like still on there, and mm-hmm. you have a layer of crisp. Ooh. Then you have this layer of like it's like a chewy dough, but it's like all like done. You know uh-huh. what I mean? Then you have the cheese. Then you have the sauce. Then you have the cheese and then whatever toppings they put on. But you take wow. a bite and it's like you get like that. What's the what's it called nowadays? The the, the uh, ASMR. Like that where they people are like talking like and they're crinkling something on the thing. And it sounds soothing, you know, it's like when you bite into the pizza, uh-huh.
1: just the noise it
0: makes and the sound, it like, it takes over your whole head, you know, it's just like, then the flavors hit you. It's,
2: oh my God, it's the
0: best pizza in the world. I'm
2: going to <laughs> go
0: to Stoneville, Ohio and go to De Carlos pizza, downtown Stoneville, Ohio, De Carlos pizza. And uh uh-huh. I'll tell you what, it's, it's an experience. It's really good.
2: I've never even seen or heard of that, yeah. like pizza that way. I'm putting this oh, toppings the toppings. in delicious. But I'm sure it is completely delicious because you're not like whatever toppings. They're yeah. not. I mean, they're just this like is simple. Yeah, it's all fr- and simple like stuff. Fresh and oh yeah, like raw, like wow, oh, huh. It's great. Interesting. It's, I'll be damned. Learn something new every yeah. day. Yeah,
0: if you ever go to Steubenville, Ohio, check out their pizza. Right. And then there's another place called Capri. Mm-hmm. It's like a meatball. They make their own meatballs, and this is it's been the same building ever mm-hmm. since I remember. Like mm-hmm. this little brick building in the middle of the road, going wow. up the hill, and it's been going there ever since. So, but uh, yeah, so that's just my little passionate <laughs> take on pizza. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so then. You know, you do the Food Network, you're the, you're a judge, like you get out there or you, have you ever done like any, like to, like to the uh, Today Show or anything like that to where?
2: I have not done Today Show. Um, I've done sort of like some of the LA kind of version, Mm -hmm. you know, morning talk show, things like that when I was promoting my book. So um, kind of fast forward to, you know, here in life now and cookbook, I just had my bakery in LA doing Mm -hmm. all the Food Network stuff and. I just, I couldn't do city living anymore. I'm like, I need, I grew up with horses and in the country. And, um, I was like, I can't do it anymore. It's like, my soul was just Mm -hmm. like, you know, suffocating. It was like the aha moment of like needing to be happier and peaceful. was like the next stage and level of that was Mm -hmm. like, I need quality of life. And so my mom had moved out here to Utah and, um, was, had been visiting her and just fell in love with it. And she had, you know, some stuff and health stuff going on that kind of needed to be close to her. So Just said, I'm screw Mm -hmm. it. I'm making the move and um, left. You know, sold my bakery to my business partner and left this career behind. And just said, screw it. I'm just going to figure it out. And you know, this the stars sort of aligned perfectly. And I just signed on to um, under contract to do my book when I moved here. So Mm -hmm. that was sort of really what I worked on. The whole process of doing the cookbook was three years. Um, Now, did you
0: develop all like? Your recipes, like, did you have those, or did you do them while you are doing the book? Like, how does that work?
2: Did them all while I was doing the book because it wasn't really my career was the bulk of pastry, and I really wanted to kind of branch out because it's like, I mean, desserts are desserts, mm-hmm. and how many dessert cookbooks does the world really need? Like, you can only yeah. re, I can't really rewrite the book so much on that, and I really wanted to do something I was passionate about, which is you know eggs and and breakfast and just everything you know breakfast is one of those meals where oh, it like yeah. combines sweet and savory oh, yeah. and yep. you know like brunch mm-hmm. like it's a kind of dessert can be a meal but it's sweet and savory and it's totally socially acceptable to mm-hmm. drink during the day with with brunch and I'm like I'm doing a brunch book <laughs> And um, so yes, came out here and um, was a solid year of developing the recipes. And mm-hmm. so, um, uh, it's probably, I think there's like 130 recipes in the book.
0: So is there like a certain, like when you, when people do cookbooks, is there a certain number of recipes like that you should have in there? Or was it just kind of like, hey, you're getting 130, deal with it?
2: It's sort of whatever you can do or want to do. You know, a hundred, you know, it's nice to be able to say like over a hundred recipes of, you know what I mean, to kind of like have, you know, be able to advertise that on the book, but it's not, you know, necessary. Right? I think, you know, probably pretty standard is, you know, at least 50, you know, most cookbooks have, but there's, you know, specialty little, you know, knockoff books that are, you know, maybe. And
0: how do you like kind of, because like, recipes are out there. Everyone has a recipe for something. Like, is there ever a problem where, you know, you, you see a recipe, you're like, well, I think that's my recipe. You just changed the word around. Like, do people do that with like your stuff? Or is that like a common practice?
2: No, I mean, people will steal other people's recipes right. and just tweak it tweak like, a like a little bit. bit a little measurement, you know I mean? something different topping. There. But I mean, also too, at the end of the day, it's like, I'm still doing me. Yeah, I mean there's only so many ways to skin a cat, yeah. you know what I mean? It's like and you know, um everybody's biting off somebody else mm-hmm. or everybody else or who did it before, you know, I'm not reinventing the wheel here. But I really did, you know, if there's a couple of recipes in my book where a res where it was a recipe that was adapted from, you know, like a I have a Hollandaise recipe for my eggs benedict mm-hmm. that, you know, is a tradition we do in my family and my brother and I kind of made my own tweak off my brother's recipe, and his was based off of Julia Child's recipe. And so, like, I honor that, and I mm-hmm. mention that in my book. Um, but I did really try, and with a lot of things set out of just, like, I'm just starting from scratch right. here, and I really want to, like, write my own, you know, recipes. Um, but, you know, and Did you try all... to
0: do, like, one a day... Like kind of like perfected or
2: try to do one a day. Try to do a couple a day. I mean, it mm-hmm. depended. Certain recipes, I would just knock it out of the park right on the first go, and I'd mm-hmm. be like,
0: oh, oh nice, okay, that's
2: sweet. I will have to do that again. And then there was things, you know, living in altitude and oh yeah, um, that, probably yeah. the most challenging thing for me, which I like. I mean, it sent me into like a downward spiral. Honestly, was like muff- my muffins, the mm. muffin chapter in the book they were coming out like flat and sinking in the center and like hockey pucks and like baking cakes and things like that Mm -hmm. at altitude was new to me. And I was like, I can't make a muffin, like I quit, like this is a joke, I'm a fraud, I shouldn't even write this book, like I give up. <laughs> um, but it was, you know, just, and a lot of times people, you know, in vegan cooking, gluten-free cooking altitude, it's almost like people just always like default on like, oh, let's just add more sugar, Oh. you know? And yeah. I didn't wanna do that, cause try and I really do try and be healthier where I can, and most mm-hmm. of my recipes, you'd be surprised, most recipes out there, you can probably omit, you know, a third, if not half the sugar, and like still be good. Oh, yeah, I've noticed that. It's like disgusting how much, like, you know, just uh, that's not really my style. Every, you know, trying yeah. to make things a little healthier, a mm-hmm. little more conscious, a little more like nu- have nutritional value, you know, where I can. Um, so it was, yeah, tweaking with altitude and, yeah. you know, things like that. So, what are some of the things
0: like if you would give someone like a tip for cooking at altitude? what would be like one of the things like to look for or like to do like what's like a technique for that?
2: my what, what worked for me and what i put in my book and did with all my recipes and i'll do even when cooking other people's recipes is um raise the oven temperature like 25 degrees mm-hmm. um so if normally you know most cakes and bread baked goods are like 350 so i mm-hmm. cook everything at 375 um there's some things i'll have to go up to 400 mm-hmm. But then lessening the leavening agent, so baking powder, baking soda, you know, lessen Mm -hmm. that. Um, So, like, if a recipe calls for one and a half teaspoons of baking powder, I'll do one teaspoon.
0: Oh, okay. So just take
2: out some of the leavening agent and higher the temp.
0: And what's the like? What's the uh, elevation that you need to be at to start like taking those into consideration?
2: Around. Four thousand five. Okay. I mean, I'm my house. Some parts like sixty five hundred.
0: Okay.
2: Um, but yeah, around four thousand mm-hmm. feet in elevation on up. You kind of want to start tweaking nice. a little
0: bit. And you say that you're doing more uh, more homesteading right now. Like you're kind of. Mm-hmm. So what is your kind of like your setup? What do you have like?
2: So I have um, I have ducks and chickens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have the goats, which are now pregnant. They should be, uh, kidding in two months. So what are you, what are you going to so do I'll with the babies? So I'll be able to start milking. Oh, that's right. So I'll be able to start milking the mamas and mm-hmm. doing my own cheese and, you know, I want to do like goat milk ice cream and even just like goat, like milk, probably goat milk soap mm-hmm. and. You know, you know, beauty broad body products and just I mean every household. I mean, I mean everything, listen, like the have, soap, the cheese, the like, you know, yeah, yeah. the We all have of a it. whole homesteading
0: mm. section. So if you wanna like maybe if you wanna try some stuff out, we can put it in the store and see what happens. Like goat goat go. soap would be amazing.
2: Oh no, so I Ur. goat milk's like goat milk. I'm not going to like geek out on goat milk uh-huh. now, like the whole like, you know, aspect. But goat milk has um, a different protein structure, fat structure than mm-hmm. regular milk. So a lot of people that are lactose intolerant can tolerate goat's milk. Oh, nice. But the, the benefits of goat milk, especially like in soap, mm-hmm. um, like I have a lot of friends who have really bad like skin conditions and really bad eczema and dry mm-hmm. skin. And um, I started giving them goat milk soap, totally cured. Like nice. their skin had never been better. And so there's that kind of like whole side and aspect to it of it, which is, you know, really cool. But even just like the, my own honey, I was having this conversation with someone, um, like the bees, I have bees. Mm -hmm.
0: How hard um, is that to when you first started doing, I had a guy, my buddy at work mm -hmm. that he he does the bee stuff. He makes his own honey and stuff, which is like, I'm like, that'd be so great to do. How hard is it to do bees?
2: So it isn't it isn't. They pretty it's pretty minimal work and effort required. I mm-hmm. mean you don't want to mess with them right. too much. Maybe once a month go in and check the hive mm-hmm. and just make sure everything's kind of cool and copacetic, but so in that aspect it's pretty easy, but where it gets tricky is you really have to know what to look for for Mm -hmm. for mites and different diseases and um you know like my hive got attacked by robber bees and I actually lost my hive at the end of the season when I Mm -hmm. went to winterize it um and had I known what to look for I could have caught it early on and take preventative measures and so um it's usually like the beekeepers fault Mm -hmm. why there's not success but I mean there's a lot it's a it's it is, and it isn't very involved. You really have to know what to look for. And um, I actually worked with a local beekeeper who she's an entomologist, and mm-hmm. her passion is like you know her passion is bugs in general, but bees. And so I worked with her, and she offers, she actually offers online classes. And um, because I really just wanted to learn. So I could go out and do it on my own, and like mm-hmm. this next year, I'm going to get like multiple hives. I just this last year started out with one hive, but it's just a matter of knowing what to look for and certain practices. You know, a lot of times people will treat the bees with chemicals to prevent mites, and you know, she really has a very all like natural sort of way of going about. And she's here and she's and here local, yeah. That'd she's be cool. do like a oh, little like yeah. seminar or something. No, she would. Cool. She's amazing, and the way that she like teaches and breaks mm-hmm. it down and the knowledge, and she's so. Knowledgeable. I mean, she's an actual entomologist. Like she knows Dang, everything that's, about that's it. Cool. Um, so yeah, no, it was really fascinating to learn from her. But I mean, bees—I could geek out on bees forever. Now, are you doing they're this, amazing? Like, but
0: do you have people helping you out, like, or are you just doing this all by yourself? I'm doing
2: this all by myself. Damn. It's just little little on me and my 30 animals. So yeah, I have the chickens and the ducks and the goats and you know my garden and horses and donkeys and dogs and the whole, the whole ordeal. And yeah, no, it's just, that's great. it's just me. Like, that sounds
0: like fun as hell. Like that's it's what so I want to do yeah. when I, like I told myself, I'm like, I'm 42 right now. Mm-hmm. I told myself when I'm 50, like I want to be done. Yeah. Like, oh, cause I, you know, I got my little retirement and my VA stuff from the army. I'm good. You know, I don't need mm-hmm. this like extravagant lifestyle. So it's like i'm going to be done at fifty, and I like me and my wife have been talking about like getting goats' she raised cows when she was at North Carolina mm-hmm. on her farm, and it's like we want to get some cows, some goats, and just kind of just yep. have a little hobby farm just and just have a good time and have a garden and do those things. We talked about bees it's like every time I hear someone like they have like the goats and the chickens and the ducks i'm mm-hmm. like I'm gonna get that one day. You'll it's see. Am, you know? No, I mean it's, it just sounds it, like it's so fun. Like, it's be, like peaceful, you know. It's
2: so peaceful. It's so gosh. It's so peaceful. It's so. I mean, it's oh, It's hard ass oh, work. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I mean, like I don't have a, much of a life. Yeah, <laughs> so exactly. I'm like always doing chores. I mean, thirty animals shit a lot. There's a lot to clean oh, yeah. up <laughs> and do and chores and you know, manual yeah. labor and work. But I mean, honestly, like no, nothing brings me more joy than just being outside all day, yeah, every so day in the element. And it is, it's so rewarding. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's working with your hands. It's at the oh, end yeah. of the I mean, there's no better feeling than like, Especially you know.
0: farm fresh eggs, there's nothing like Oh, the it. farm I mean, fresh eggs, and I'm gonna raise those. like
2: meat birds. And like, I mean, just like, it's just amazing how the difference and just in the taste.
0: All the life skills that you do every single day that people Have no clue what to do. I mean, think about that for a second. We have people out there that can't cook. Oh, yeah. You have people out there that can't heat up a steak and cook it right.
2: There's people that don't even understand. There's people that will walk by a steak on the shelf in a grocery store and don't even, truly don't even understand and comprehend like where it comes from. Mm -hmm. Like there's such, which is so funny because as a chef and I've made my career off of food, I, kind of find a great responsibility and passion to connect people back to where their food comes from. Mm -hmm. And that's really what I'm sort of working on next is connecting people truly and letting people truly understand where food comes from. It's like, I've been so fortunate to make an amazing living off of food, but it's like the farmers and the ranchers and the people that raise and grow our food are the hardest working people mm-hmm. you ever meet in your life. And most of just, them have to yeah. have two or three different jobs oh, just yeah. to support the farm and the rent. Off. It's the most thankless job. And I can only hope as a chef that I can be a voice to the agricultural community mm-hmm. and just educate people
0: so and where their
2: food comes from. Maybe they'll have a little more respect for it and mm-hmm. value for it and like be less wasteful and be more aware. It's like we live in this world in society, it's like, oh, fuck it, I can just walk on this. There's full shelves in the grocery store and, you know, mm-hmm. the Mm -hmm. instant gratification and just this like lazy culture and attitude of like there's no value or respect for anything for people let alone I mean shit we shop for people on an app swiping on our phone it's like where's the you know what I mean the value and respect so that's sort of my next pilgrimage of being a voice for that community and educating people on where it comes from and you know I'm also doing it's so funny to hear you say like, that's the life and the goats and just Mm -hmm. how peaceful and want to hang out on that is I've actually started this woman's retreat with a very good girlfriend of mine, um, Joe Dickinson and her and I are just, you know, bringing in, you know, in a really small intimate level to just kind of like create connection again Mm -hmm. in people and with each other and with animals and, you know, come and work on my little sort of ranchette and, and sort of give and share that to you know women Ugh. and people in the world, and just kind of try and like, try and let people live it and see it and yeah. be a little aware, and just get back to a place of like authenticity and connection because we're got just two, so disconnected, Yeah, man. I have,
0: I have two people that. You can have
2: <laughs> I'll for take the em. summertime,
0: <laughs> but no, I have two daughters, uh, mm-hmm. seven and thirteen, and I mm. will uh, tell you what, they would probably benefit. Like if you are, you know, in the summer when they, they come out here in the summertime, but I'll have them in March for a week. But if you ever like need a couple hands, I'll... I'll come
2: on, like, bring them would, on out. They
0: would. I love that help. Bring them to help out. out. But yeah, that'd be great.
2: Open invitation. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Free child labor. No, I'm
0: just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's right. Hey, they, they'll learn, though. No, I mean, but it that's is. Good, but I mean, it's learn, fun you know? to see.
2: I have a lot of friends that bring their kids yeah, over. Yeah, I think you know, that's amazing. It's, it's amazing to learn, and it's just amazing to just, for them to see
0: Yeah, like
2: it just that and be a part of that Mm -hmm. and take care of something and just be able to be hands on with chickens and goats and Mm -hmm. like see the eggs and just it's such a cool thing. I had a a a
0: friend and when I was back in North Carolina he had a little farm he had a couple cows got a couple goats then he had like a horse that was somebody else's that was on the land and I had to bring my kids out there all the time they would just we could spend like hours there and they could just be just looking at the animals. Oh yeah. No, not, the on animals, device, not, not on a device, not on a phone, yeah. just, just out, out there with all, the, day, yep, all day. Yep. All day. Yeah. It's, so.
2: There is, I mean, there's, a, there's something really peaceful and amazing that happens just being outside and with mm-hmm. just the energy and those animals oh, yeah. around and, um, you know, just the, the, especially, I mean, the horses and things, and I've been so fortunate. I'm pretty, you know, fortunate to do a lot of these podcasts and Mm -hmm. have conversations and things with people. And I had a pretty rough childhood and upbringing and horses and animals truly saved me. Mm -hmm. And if it weren't for the horses in my life, I can wholeheartedly say like, I would not be here today. And so I really try and like share that and just even sharing on these podcasts, my experience with that. And, you know, the trouble in my youth. And, you know, I had growing up and I mean, people come out of the woodwork of like just trauma and Mm -hmm. kids and just people and how therapeutic and healing just nature and animals and and all of that is and just being around it. Mm -hmm. Like now you don't even have to be involved in it, just being around it. Something just healing and peaceful happens. And that's really what kind of prompted and started these retreats that I wanted to do is just to be able to share that with the world because people will message me on social. Media all the time, like you live the dream and the animals and what I wouldn't do, and like I've, you just seem so happy and peaceful. It's like, and it's just you, you know, know, the journey it
0: took me to get here. You yeah, know you mean? don't it even a, know the journey grind, yeah. <laughs> you know? Like,
2: But to be able to give that back yeah. and like what I've been through and experience and learn and to share and give back is like that's the gift. Yeah, and it's, you know? and it's
0: not the, and it's not hard at all. Yeah, you know, and, and and you meet these wonderful people, and and then you and they start talking to you, and they, and they open up and they share these things about their life. And like working at Fieldcraft, I mean, you have like people that come to the courses, and then you have people that pull you to the side, and and they tell you like something that happened to them, like a tragic thing, and 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 then how Mike and the guys at Fieldcraft, and I've watched your videos, and like it got me out of my funk, oh, and it yeah. made me a better person, and now I'm here at the, your class training. I'm like, It's powerful. I'm a moron, you know, like I'm a no, <laughs> like like I, I feel like I'm just a regular guy, but but at the same time, it 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 makes you think like wow even though I'm just doing my job, like you're, hit, you're touching these people's lives and you're making yeah. a difference. And it's like,
2: you never it know. means so yeah. much.
0: You know, it <laughs> means a lot. Like, like we do like the toy drive every year and I, and I get it, like people struggle every day. Mm-hmm. I get that people struggle every day. But at the same time, it's like, we're, we're going to do what we can and help out. But if it's only like during Christmas time or Thanksgiving, then, then, hey, we're, we're, we'll do better. But at the same time, but that's how we support people. And, and you know, I think it's a great, it's great that we can give back. That's, I love that. Yeah, no, you know, I mean that's, it is. It's great.
2: it is. That's really what it. At the end of the day, it's you know what I mean. What it's all back and it, but it is. It's like a beautiful thing with fieldcraft mm-hmm. and what you guys are doing in the classes. and, oh, yeah. You know, with anybody, like you know, you have a skill set. You've been through the shit. You've learned stuff. You have this skill set and to share and give that back and teach people. And it's you know, I mean, that's the mm-hmm. cycle. That's the way oh, that yeah. it should be. And it, it's a it's a really beautiful, powerful thing once you get in it. And yeah, mm-hmm. people, you never know who you're going to touch yeah. and Especially who you're going like, to help and change. And like with
0: your cookbook, like you developed that, you, like obviously you did it because it's something that you love to do. It's a passion. And then another thing, it's like, you want to publish your work. You want to get your stuff out. You want to share
2: yeah, what you do with the world. You
0: know what I mean? So No,
2: it's no good if it's yeah, just in my exactly. little circle in my home <laughs> kitchen. Like, let me, you know, share it. And like, nothing brings me more joy than seeing like pictures or people tagging me in social mm-hmm. media of like them and their family or making, you know, my pancake recipe. It's now their Saturday tradition oh, out yeah. of my cookbook with their kids. And the and best. just the messages and the pictures that people like it just, it man, it warms mm-hmm. my heart. Like it's just, that's what it's about.
0: So what's like, uh, when you did, when you did a cookbook, it's done, it's ready to go. Like, did they have you, did they push you to do like a tour? Like, did you, like I, did, did
2: I did i did i did some press um some press things some t v things mm-hmm. a lot of like magazine a lot of you know interviews and articles, and kind of blasting right. it all over and did that whole bit to kinda you know spread the word i yeah. guess and I still am trying to spread the word and now you do you know, still have
0: like a team behind you like to like like a agent and uh like uh p r do you
2: i don't have a, or do p r um it's it's expensive yeah. man. <laughs> And for me, you know, I mean, I have an an agent, and Mm. you know, for that whole TV world, there's such legalities and there's such formalities in that that, like, you know, I need to make sure I'm protected. Everybody Mm -hmm. needs to make sure they're protected. So having a team for that is, you know, kind of a non-negotiable for me. Um, But I don't have a PR team. You know, the the publishing company of the book, you know, they're still obviously. Part of, you know, they help me out and mm-hmm. they're still on board and supportive and, you know, part of my team as well. But now it's just sort of me on my own and social media just and going after it. And- Trying to still promote it and mm-hmm. and and do it and you know and I you know I do a lot of like giveaways and want to just give away my book and mm-hmm. get it out there to people and sort of share right. the love and
0: I think we ordered know, a cooking bunch.
2: classes and stuff like yeah. that yeah I think you guys we we'll have a did, bunch in the
0: uh, just... the store so come check it out awesome. so what's next like is there another book in the works like is there another TV show like what's you got any insight of what we can see, <laughs> what <you> can see <laughs> next like from any, any me secrets? Next? <laughs>
2: um, unfortunately, no secrets. I wish there was a secret I could (laughs) reveal without revealing. Um, No, I mean, definitely still trying to pursue, you know, the TV stuff. I'm really, really trying to now that I've kind of been doing the TV thing for a while now, um, trying to kind of hope that I'm at the stage where I can sort of do my own passion project. Mm -hmm. And like I said, really sort of be a voice for, you know, the agricultural community. But You know, if I could sort of I'm trying to pitch a show and trying Mm -hmm. to sell the show, I guess maybe that is a secret Um, where I can just help the general public. Like I just I want to teach and educate people and show them where their food comes from. I want that that disconnect. There's such a disconnect. And I think it's so detrimental to our environment, to our food system, to our mental, spiritual, emotional well-being. They're just, I mean, I could go on and on, but Mm -hmm. just to connect people with their food. And as a chef, I take, I just, I find, I take great responsibility in that. So I would love to do that. Hopefully, you know, that will happen. But really just kind of on a smaller local scale, you know, level here is the, you know, it's called Grit, Grind, Glamour, is the retreats that we're starting to do of um, just sort of being able to share a little bit of that homestead life Mm -hmm. and and hard work. And it's about, you know, I mean, it's called Grit, Grind, Glamour, because it's like, you know, everybody has that grit in them. And, you know, our first one is a women's retreat. And just, you know, like, everyone's got that grit in there. And, you know, kind of balancing the grind of life and just Kind of, it's a bringing about connection and, and authenticity back into you know our lives and sharing a little bit of you know the ranch can, life. Can
0: anyone do this, or is it like where, where can someone find this and sign so up? So
2: we have a we have a website gritgrindglamour.com. Mm-hmm. There's a social Instagram page gritgrindglamour. Um, our first retreat is going to be in May limited, just, you know, for this one is going to be women only, but we want to definitely do, you know, things of, you know, men and women Mm -hmm. and you know, this is going to be, it's a Thursday through a Monday. Um, we have sort of a whole plan and vision to do all kinds of stuff, specialing in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I oh, think yeah, that's
0: great. More like, I'm sp- kind of like, maybe I can get someone to go and like, let me know what it's like. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, so it kind of started about, I mean, I'm sure we have to wrap it up here, but, no, um, my, f- my friend's husband is a f- phenomenal photographer and mm-hmm. he does these photography workshops and he teaches photography and lets people experience the Western life and, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of them and sort of model, Mm -hmm. you know, and be on horseback and, you know, working cows and whatever, and a subject for these people to take pictures of and, and, you know, learning about photography. And we started noticing that these people were coming, traveling away from home, like minded individuals that are all there for the Western way of life and to learn photography. And yes, they're learning a skill. They're, you know, the whole workshop is oriented around teaching photography skills and education, but that something really beautiful happened and life-changing happened, just taking a group of like-minded individuals and escaping from your life, if you will, and the camaraderie and kind of living life together for these, you know, three, four days, it changed people Mm -hmm. and watching the sort of change in them. it's kind of like adult summer camp. And it's like when in life as an adult, you know, work and family and kids and job, I mean, just, it's just so crazy. When as an adult, do you ever give yourself permission to sneak away and do something for you? It's not a family vacation because then it's all about, or it's Mm -hmm. not... You know, it's just you. And we saw that and we're like, this is a really beautiful, and even just for us, like, to be all together with these Mm -hmm. people and meeting new people and stepping outside of your comfort zone. And learning new things. And that's the biggest thing for me is like to always push myself. I mean, I preach it so much is to push yourself outside your comfort zone and Big learn time. and grow and put yourself in new situations with new people and new experiences. Cause that's where you learn about yourself. Mm-hmm. That's where the growth and the change happens. That's where beautiful oh, things yeah. happen. So that's really what this, you know, retreat is, is, is about of just giving, giving people adults, like a little permission to like, get outside your comfort zone, learn something new, be surrounded, create a community of like. Challenge yourself a little bit. Exactly, challenge yourself a little bit and create and build a new community of like-minded individuals, Mm -hmm. you know, that you're gonna have these friendships forever after you've spent the, oh, you know yeah. three, four days in the shit with these people going through it and being vulnerable and open and learning new things. Mm-hmm. And um, it's a really beautiful, powerful thing. So that's really what we're sort of hoping to be able to facilitate.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. That sounds so fun. Like, <laughs> like, cause like, I was, you know, in the army for 20 years and you really don't, like, you don't really don't get a lot of time to yourself, really. I yeah. mean, you're always at work um, you're always doing something and then your deploy, you're deployed, you're downrange for six months. You're away from your family, you're away from everybody and you really can't develop like whatever you want to do. Like you're like a little hobby. You may not be able to have that. Yeah. Then you gotta wait six months to go home. And then when you get home, it's like, I'm tired. Like, I don't want to do this. I just want right. to be with my family. So it's like a whole thing, but it's, but that's comes down to like time management. You know, it's, mm-hmm. if you can't manage your time, then you're going to, stuff's going to fall off and you're not going to. You're just gonna get mad at yourself. You well, know? and
2: also too, I think it's so easy, you know, priorities and responsibilities mm-hmm. and then you're fucking just tired and exhausted, or you can't, or you whatever, but it's like, I think we just live in a world and a society where like there's such guilt around like, just taking care of you and mm-hmm. worrying about yourself. And that's kind of like part of one of our slogans in our retreat is like giving you guilt-free permission to like do you because it's like, you know, you don't think about it and notice like, if you're not filling your cup, and if you're not taking time to do something that makes you happy, mm-hmm. you're fucking worthless to everybody oh, yeah. around you. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Is, like I always, you know when you're on an airplane and they're giving you like the safety briefing and they're always like, put your mask on mm-hmm. before your children? For years in my life, I was like, that's bullshit. Like you would 100% put the mask on like the child first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it wasn't until I realized, oh, well if I can't breathe, if I'm not taking care of myself first, I can't take care of anybody else, I can't mm-hmm. take care my children or my spouse or the people around me. And once that like shifted and I was like, oh, dumbass, Waylon. Like, (laughs) but it's you know, it's like you you should take that time on a weekly basis for you for yourself to Mm -hmm. like. But we just live in this world and kids and family, job, work. You're tired, whatever. But it's like put into your routine, make it a priority to do something for you Mm -hmm. because you're that much better off, and then you're that much better to everybody around you. Oh
0: yeah. But I mean, it's
2: hard. It's hard to do. Don't get me wrong. I'm Mm -hmm. guilty of it too. Oh, I'm
0: so like. I'm guilty because I'm a like. I don't want to say my people are pleaser, but I want to. Ha- I don't want people to be mad. I don't like. Con- I don't like confrontation at all. Like, oh, I avoid it. I, like the plague. I hate it. Will <laughs> not argue with somebody. Like mm-hmm. I don't even like if something happened at me. And like, let's just say I I get it at a, a service industry and something happened to my whatever I, I bought. I would just sit there and eat it and shut the hell up because I don't <laughs> want to cause any like thing. Right. I don't want someone to feel bad. That they messed up they made a little mistake like like it's it's Mm -hmm. only food you know it's not that bad i'll i'll eat the extra lettuce on there it's okay man like (laughs) like, i'm not gonna make someone feel bad about it yeah (laughs) no i mean yeah like i'll do that if i feel like Mm -hmm. a little thing that's kind of gross i'm like do i really want to like
1: be that fuss and be that
0: person (laughs) but i mean that's what i do i just don't want it i don't want any conflict i don't want to yell i don't want to be i don't want nothing bad to happen you know and it's and I know that's not healthy. Like for me, not like having an argument with like my wife over something that, yeah, you should have an argument over it, but I don't because I just don't want to yell. Yeah, I don't want that. Like right. I've been in situations before where I just don't like the yelling. It, it scares me. It makes me feel like my anxiety goes through the yeah. roof. So I'm like, I don't care. If, <laughs> did anyone die? No. Did anything like, was there over like a $10,000 of property damage? Okay. Pick then your, we're good, man. Your like, let's keep your battles. It's all good, like, right? We'll keep it moving. So, <laughs> oh. But yeah, that's just like how I like try to live my life now is like, let's just be cool. Right. Like, everyone be nice. Wait, everyone good. do their job. Yeah. Do what you're supposed to do and everything will be happy. If everyone does their job, mm-hmm. stop worrying about other people and everything will be fine. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But if you can, if you can go back, like right now mm-hmm. in your life, if you can go back to, let's just say... 16, 17, 18 seventeen, eighteen-year-old Waylon, mm-hmm. what would be like, like one thing you would tell that tell your younger self, kind of like what were like a, a piece of advice piece of that advice you learned. I would give my younger self. Yes,
2: I would tell my younger self to not be so driven and, and afraid to fail, and to not worry what other people thought.
0: Yes, that's yeah, that's, that's a great advice. Yeah. Like worrying about what other people think kills people oh yeah it will it will it will freeze you up mm-hmm. it will make you make you will you won't make no decisions because you're worried about oh what's he gonna think of me yeah mm-hmm. the best day i had was when i figured out like who cares like, oh, I, like I, I don't it's, care what you yeah, think
2: it's, it's so freeing yeah. to and then just when someone like, says something to you
0: my reply back is okay like right. okay mm-hmm. thanks fine sweet great yeah <laughs>
2: so. but very, very, very freeing to just yeah, not not care and not worry. And it's you know, I mean, it's like all comes back to fear, like fear of failure, fear of like what people are oh, going to yeah. think or whatever. It's like. Man, fear will rob you of it your whole you. life. It'll debilitate you. And I have, oh. you know, I heard you mentioned like anxiety, like I have an anxiety disorder. And for a big part of my life, I mean, I would be riddled with anxiety and fear just to do the most simple, yeah. mundane, everyday tasks, like paralyzed with fear and anxiety. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've made it, you know, my life's mission to work through that and not be a victim of my Mm -hmm. fear and not have it rob me of joys and experiences of life. And, you know, like even like the crazy big things I'm feared of, like legitimate fears, like of heights or snakes or whatever, like, but like face those challenges, like head Mm -hmm. on continually. And, you know, it's just, I mean, it's all like, you know, mental and it's like your brain is a muscle and it's just, you know. Conditioning it and working it yeah. and just getting in a different mindset and perspective it's like we have the power to you know what I mean like create our reality, however we are going to have it, but to not yeah so that would that's a big one
0: who's uh who's a who's another influence in your career like a celebrity chef that you kind of look up to and like you have anyone like that that you kind of look up to in the
2: in the culinary
0: yeah in the culinary world, world.
2: I'm um, not someone that I ever worked with. I mean, I've you know I've met him and shared meals with him, yeah. which was amazing. But the, who I just respect as a chef um, and just how their thoughts and views on food and their demeanor in the kitchen, and how they carry themselves. Thomas Keller, mm. um, amazingly talented uh, human being. Um, Nancy Silverton. Um, she started La Brea Bakery, which you see all over the country. What's it called again? Now. La Brea Bakery. Oh, okay. She started that a million years ago. She's since sold it, but she yeah. has uh, restaurants in L.A. and... They did a, she did a um, chef's table on Netflix episode and she's a really highly regarded um, chef and she's been a huge inspiration and mentor to me and and dear friend. And um, I'd say those are probably the two. How is that taken in
0: LA right now? Like with the restaurant business? Is it, have you talked to any of your friends that are out there? Are they still open? Like what's, what's it like out there?
2: A lot of them have taken some really big hits because they really shut down. Over
0: the dumbest, like Like, they the. the, the,
2: the, Yeah, it's so it's. It's (laughs) I won't get into a whole like logic versus like I mean conversation. Like my (laughs) brain will just explode. I know. I'm just like
0: like, (gasps) even trying to talk about it it doesn't make no sense.
2: Oh, deep breaths. (laughs) I know. I'm like okay, um, but no. I mean, they've taken hits, man. Hits, big, big, big time, and you know, I mean. Like, everybody, they're trying to stay open, Mm -hmm. take out, you know, whatever they can do, meal plans. But I know, I mean, chefs ordering products and food and, like, when they reopened everything. And then I think it was, you know, like a day before Thanksgiving, the Mm -hmm. city, like, shut everything down. And, like, all my buddies in the restaurants are like, we just bought thousands of dollars worth of food for meals. And, like, I mean, just... Ridiculous. Yeah. So ridiculous. So screwed. So, so ridiculous. <laughs>
0: so, so, okay. So where can people find you?
2: Um, where can people find me? Um, I, uh, Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, Waylon Lucas, my name, W A Y L Y N N L U C. Fun fact and, about uh, Miss Waylon uh. Lucas here, uh,
0: <laughs> is, um, she is the goddaughter of Waylon Jennings.
2: Yes, sir. So it's like, how,
0: what's that, like, how did that come about? Like, what's the backstory behind that? Because that's a, that's a cool little fun fact right there. Oh, like, that's an amazingly
2: yeah. cool fun fact. I take such great pride and joy and, you know, I'm like, woof, not worthy. But, um, I mean, just, you know, he was my godfather. He was Legends. really good. Oh, legend. legend. I, mean, I mean, legend. Let's, let's talk come about on, that for a second. That, right? I mean,
0: you hear that name. <laughs> And if you don't know who that name is, get, get, get out.
2: Thank you. Get out. If you don't Thank know. Thank you. If
0: you don't know Waylon Jennings, George Jones, Johnny Cash, mm-hmm. uh, Chris. What was his last name? Chris. Uh, no. Uh, the other guy in the Highwaymen. Uh
2: Oh, um, oh, my gosh. Uh, why am I like blanking right now? Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. What is wrong with us? It was like, uh, you know, he's. Yes. Uh, Keith. Oh my believe oh this, this is happening so right embarrassing now. to me, to you, to me. <laughs> oh I can't goodness. believe this is happening But like,
0: me. If you don't know those you guys... You don't know the high women yet. Yeah, Chris, Ke- Chris Thank you, Chris uh,
2: Christofferson. If you don't yeah, know yeah, those Nelson, guys... Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, really know, yeah. yes, I mean... Like, uh, you know what's so sad is people like my generation, a little bit younger, they're like Waylon who, and I'm like, we're done here. It's sad. I'm like, no. Some like seriously, not just get out. And then get even them.
0: his son is amazing too. Like yeah,
2: Shooter. Oh, like sometimes you'll hear a Shooter sing, and he sounds just yeah. like his dad, and it's just so. I like good. his song.
0: Like go, go, it says like Carolina or going back to Carolina. Like great song. Like he just has a good thing. But so like, what was that like? I mean, being in that like Waylon Genius God what what was it like? knowing him and kind of
2: um so he was good friends obviously with my parents mm-hmm. um more my dad
0: mm-hmm.
2: um they were really good friends but yeah so whether i was a boy or a girl i was getting named Waylon. they changed the spelling a little bit to make oh, it yeah. a little more feminine which yeah. i appreciate now um but you know it was fun I mean some of my earliest memories of being a little of a little girl of being and hanging out and like being you know in big stadiums or mm-hmm. whatever on stage and they're rehearsing and they're all hanging out and I'm just like this little girl running uh-huh. around on the <laughs> stage and I have like you know one of my favorite memories as of like running up on like empty stadium and like Willie Nelson was rehearsing on stage, just sitting in a chair by himself in this huge stage, and I like little girl ran up and jumped on his lap and his guitar and like gave him butterfly kisses. And I mean, it's a miracle. If you know, if you know those men, you, then you know what was going on behind the scenes. And yeah. here I am, you know, just a little girl running just around light. just <laughs> melting hearts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, no, it was um it was uh, it was, yeah, it was a lot of a lot of fun, a lot of good memories, That's a awesome. lot of a lot of wild, a lot of wild times. We'll say that. Yeah. probably not the best environment <laughs> for a kid to be. Oh yeah, <laughs> let loose, but yeah.
0: Cool, and then uh, your cookbook. Let's get that name out there again.
2: The cookbook is Sunny Side Up. It's uh, breakfast, brunch, pastries, sweet, savory, cocktails—pretty much a little bit of everything. You can find
0: it on Amazon, Kindle, yep, all, all that. Go stuff. to Barnes and Noble, get you a copy. Learn how to cook, <laughs> people. If you don't know how to cook, it's called <laughs> a recipe on. book yeah. for a reason. You follow the recipe; it's yes. not that hard. So, but I appreciate you coming on here. Thank you so much for taking time Thank out of your you, day, and it's been great. Uh, I hope would love to do like maybe like a something with that's some cool. content with you. Let's yeah, like come to the homestead. Let's do something. Be um, let's get that word out of, you know, we could easily do something to where we can get the word out for the, uh, what your, you know, your movement is and the things <laughs> that you want to get out. I mean, I think it's a great movement. Everyone should know how to do something with their lives, mm-hmm. something with their hands. Yes. Something. Everyone should yes. have one little skill, whether it's making bread, <laughs> you know, <laughs> milking a cow, like have or something, something that or even
2: at least just had to like cook an egg. Yeah, like, exactly. come on. Like the you right can survive way. off eggs and toast. It's cheap. Isn't it's, it sad you know, how people can like,
0: overcook an egg.
2: Oh, it's really sad. So some of the best chefs in the world over history have equated the true skill and talent of a chef to how well they cook an egg because Is there's it like a, a there's like a finesse fried
0: or anything. Anyway. It doesn't matter. Doesn't there's matter.
2: a finesse to perfectly cook I mean it's kind of I know,
0: like especially when I get that perfect scrambled where it's like it's a little, it's like little soft, a little wet, soft, little, yep. but yep. creamy. Oh. Creamy scrambled eggs oh. is the best. And
2: you, without even adding cream. No, or without cheese. adding yeah, nothing. If you perfectly, oh, I have a whole thing Ugh. on that in scrambled eggs in we the book. We gotta buckets. do it. We yeah, gotta do no, some. let's, let's something. Let's get something out. <laughs> this go. is such an honor to have me on and to oh, yeah. chat with you, and this, has really oh, been this an is really an amazing great. experience. So thank
0: you. Thank you. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we're out.